Two Bars is back, baby. Feels good to be back. It is March the 9th. We are recording here. Two Bars. Talk a little combine free agency review. Really, just want to get back on the mic with my boy, Scott. Uh, we've taken two, basically two months off here, Scott, from uh, DFS shows, weekly shows. It's, it's good to see your face and good to talk to you. Good to, good to talk to you again, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You, you brought the fire. I love it. First two bars of the 2023 season. It's a, it's a glorious day, Graham. It's the best day. Thursday's the best day. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get it going, man. We'll get it going here with some Lamar talk and like, I don't know how you feel, but like this, this whole situation, like I can't remember, uh, you know, a situation like this comes up, guy gets franchise tagged or teams kind of intimating that they want to move them. And then there's like a flurry of like five or six teams that says, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want Lamar. Like, have you, can you remember a time like this? Like where the Falcons come out and say, Oh, we're, we're not in like, I can't remember a time like this, like where we've seen a, a big name quarterback, big big name free agent player, whoever it is, and all these teams are just coming out of the woodworks to say they're not going to pay them. Like it's kind of bizarre. Some some's definitely stinky here. Yeah, I so I love NFL conspiracy theories. Like that is, I'm like the Alex Jones of NFL conspiracy, <laughs> where it's just always it's always a uh, Bill Belichick as the Svengali master. Um, no, so I, I think, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Ben Albright had the best take when it comes to this Lamar situation where, which was basically like, yeah, these, these teams aren't going to piss off their starting quarterback and say they're, you know, they're coming after him. They're willing to give him guaranteed money and two firsts. Uh, and like, as far as the conspiracy theories, it's like, yeah, 31 owners are coming together to put themselves at a competitive disadvantage by not bidding on him and then yeah. like helping the Ravens with their cash and salary cap situation. So I think that was really smart. I also think like we're kind of overrating Lamar Jackson to a little bit. Uh, you know me, like I'm a, the Lamar Jackson guy. I had MVP bets down his sophomore season. I love the player, uh, but he's also, you know, suffered season-ending injuries in back-to-back years. There's the playoff thing, which doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but he's always been like a bottom 12 quarterback in terms of accuracy. That's a real thing that limits the the uh, your offense and your the capabilities of your offense. The team has won on the back of defense and and uh, you know a, a slower-paced, run-heavy offense. Um, what I, I do think is really interesting just from a fantasy perspective is like, what, what, it, what, what are the best landing spots? Um, and then the loss of Greg Roman, what is, what does that mean to you? Because that was a big reason why I was so high on Lamar that sophomore season was because Greg Roman was the sort of, uh, you know, hyper mobile QB whisperer with, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, just like the second he gets there, those quarterbacks see their adjusted net yards per attempt average rise by like 33%. And so I do worry with Greg Roman not there that this could really hurt Lamar Jackson. And then you bring in a an offensive coordinator who is basically the polar opposite to Greg Roman, who was so uh, conservative. Dirk Hutter... The last time he was calling plays at the NFL level, 
a combination of Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick combined for the third most passing yards in NFL history. So then it's, it's like, okay, uh, are we expecting Lamar Jackson to average now, you know, 280 passing yards per game in addition to his typical 66 yards per game? So is he going to just like average 45 fantasy points per game this year? Or maybe this is a sign that they're, they are sort of ready to move on from Lamar Jackson where, you know, this is, uh, you know, a high volume passing game OC, which maybe doesn't really mesh with Lamar. It's super interesting to see the Ravens kind of turn this about face. My first read was kind of along the lines of yours is like, maybe the Ravens are just coming out and saying, we're going to let the, this other team set the market and then decide if we want to pay him because let's not forget Lamar doesn't have an agent. And these two, you know, the two sides have clearly been an impasse for the last, man, nine months probably going back. I'm with you, though. I mean, the Todd Monken hire is super interesting. George's former offensive coordinator. You would think he's going to come up here and and open it up because you're right. I mean, Greg Roman is, look, the 2019 season was fantastic. Lamar was the best player in 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 the league at that point. Sure, some of it was Roman's scheme, but I think we've seen over the last four years, it's just gotten stale. Uh, I, it, I'm kind of left scratching my head from the Ravens perspective. Cause like, if you let Lamar walk, what's your viable alternative? It's not like they're drafting early. The Ravens are also not a team that really moves up and makes big moves in the draft for quarterback. So I, I kind of think my, my vibe is they're going to be like, okay, Lamar, like you set your market and we'll decide if we want to pay you or not, or take those first two round picks. Um, I'm just saying like best fit. Brett and I were going back back and forth about this in Discord, uh, is Atlanta. I mean, they have the most cap space. They've got the ammo if they need to give up two first-round picks, which they will. Uh, I thought Atlanta made the most sense. Super weak division. Obviously, Arthur Smith is a win-now coach. He wants to prov- you know, provide results, and that's a team that obviously needs a running quarterback, and they immediately said they're not in on him. It's, it's bizarre. Um, four, I think two or three other teams also said they're not in. Um, so... There's definitely something stinky here, and I think your point on his injury history is probably it. Um, I think teams are, are I, I, the being. counter the counter argument. Yeah, though, is just like, I mean, what are you doing, Detroit? Like, you have a top three offense if you go after Lamar, uh, and like Carolina has never had a good quarterback, uh, so you could really argue it both ways. Uh, it's just interesting. Uh, I, I think a lot of it too is just. There is going to be interest. We we just don't know of it just yet. Yeah. Yeah, man. This quarterback market is is wild, and I think we're also obviously just waiting on Rodgers' news. Uh, we don't really need to talk about Rodgers and his uh, coming out of whatever he called de- – what, what did he call it? Dark camp? He came out of uh, his abyss. He was like di- dug a hole in the wilderness and crawled himself out of it. Uh, we're also waiting on The Rogers. Prince of Darkness. Yeah, the Prince of Darkness. That's what it is. Um we're, we're waiting on Rodgers' news, so that's also going to probably be one shoe that has to drop. I think I think Rodgers probably gets moved if he does get moved before Lamar does. Um, Derek Carr is signed with the New Orleans Saints, four-year deal, $150 million total value, $100 million guaranteed. Uh, Scott, this quarterback market has gone absolutely bananas. Uh, Carr is up there among the top five, top six quarterbacks now in uh, per year, per year pay, it's it's absolutely wild. Um, what's your initial read on on Carr in New Orleans with this this offense here with with Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael? Uh, 
what what I think is interesting here is is just the 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 narrative surrounding Chris Olave and how he's now a top ten wide receiver pick uh, based on this, and I, I just can't really get on board with that. Uh, I don't see this as a massive upgrade uh, because Andy Dalton was awesome last year. He was elite last year. I know that sounds insane. I know I should go to jail for 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 saying something. The words Andy Dalton and elite in the same sentence, but if you look at the the metrics, he was one of the best quarterbacks in football last year. He ranked first in accurate pass percentage, third in depth adjusted completion percentage, sixth in PFF pass grade. Um, I think he was, I think he was second in fantasy points per dropback uh, in between the twenties. So you have to like adjust for Taysom Hill stealing the goal line stuff. Um, yeah, and yeah, so he was awesome and. Derek Carr is re- never ranked in the top 10 of any of those stats. The counter argument to that is, uh, okay, well, the Saints clearly view him as an upgrade over Andy Dalton. And, like, who doesn't? Uh, fair. Uh, and then there's also the Adam Harstad line of thinking, which is totally right, and that's that volume is efficiency. And with, uh, with Derek Carr, you know, they'll take their foot off the gas. Uh, but I, I think an interesting debate – I'd like to have Graham is, is who do you take in best ball right now, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave? Because to me, Chris Olave is definitely going to have tougher target competition this year. Everyone wants to talk about how amazing his stats were and they were amazing, but like, especially over the final 12 games, they were kind of identical to Rashid Shahid, which is not a good sign, but yeah, like just the, the numbers he had arguably the fifth best, rookie wide receiver season in 15 years and like only the Odell Beckham juniors, Justin Jefferson's Jamar chases ranked above him, but it was also minimal target competition. Michael Thomas wasn't healthy. Jarvis Landry was a corpse. Uh, and Annie Dalton was playing really, really well. Whereas a Garrett Wilson, he had better counting stats, worse efficiency, but tougher target competition and way worse quarterback play. And so, uh, sure, there's a there's a you know quarterback play is a concern again, but just on the what forty percent chance that they get Aaron Rodgers, like I'm taking Garrett Wilson every time. I think it's higher right now than than forty percent. I, I actually think that's probably the most likely spot for Rodgers. I, I regardless of the quarterback situation for the Jets, I'm going Garrett Wilson ten times out of ten over Chris Olave. Uh, as much as I do love Chris Olave, you know I wrote this in the in my fantasy fallout article it's like he was already a really strong pick around 30 he's now going to go five ten spots higher personally i have him at wide receiver 15 and i think that kind of feels right i mean it's early it's super early but i I, i'm with you i think 140 150 targets is certainly certainly possible but i mean this the rest of this wide receiver tight end depth chart is is completely you know blank right now I mean, Mark, not only is, you know, Michael, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry gone, Juwan Johnson's a restricted free agent. Marquez Calloway's a restricted free agent. I have to think they, they're going to get another back in here with Alvin Kamara. I mean, th- this team, as we sit here on March 9th, is like wide open. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't see Chris Olave ever being like a 28% target share type player. And I think Garrett Wilson is already that guy. Um, 
That's not to say Chris Olave is not going to be an awesome fantasy receiver or can't produce wide receiver one seasons. I'm just saying if you look at his archetype, you look at Garrett Wilson and what he did without Zach Wilson, Scott, I mean, he was legitimately a wide receiver one. In every other start with Joe Flacco or Mike White, you look at his stats, he was a wide receiver one. And we know the quarterback play is going to be a lot better. So I'm, I'm with you. I know you wanted to debate this, but I'm I'm not even considering. I, I think Garrett Wilson's like wide receiver eight or nine right now. And if he gets Rodgers, you can make a case for five or six. Oh, yeah. I, so so if the narrative is going to be he is Aaron Rodgers' new Devontae Adams. And like rightfully so, just like, you know, I'm Elijah Moore guy, but uh, just, you know, how he alphaed. Uh, or cucked Elijah Moore. So, 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 I mean, the OC maybe you know, played a role. He wasn't even on the field for large stretches, but yeah, if he could be the, the new Devonte Adams for yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I'm hoping uh, uh, Elijah could be the pre-injury Randall Cobb, who was like really awesome those first three years of his well, career. Um, I mean, Scott, if you want to, if you want to hang on to a little bit of a, a bit of a hope for your boy, Elijah, Michael Ford got fired. That's the coach that Elijah uh, basically got demoted because he was like, hey, I want the ball. And Mike was like, no, uh, we're winning. Uh, he got demoted because of LaFleur. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett, which is Rodgers' boy. So it's, it could all align for Moore to actually have a little bit of a breakout if they don't go and get somebody else, get another body. I think they're going to draft somebody, but I, I could be into Elijah. I'm kind of into I'm kind of into him right now, honestly, for, for these reasons. Uh, we'll keep it moving. I, I remember watching. Uh, yeah. I remember watching Elijah's tape with yeah. Brett Whitefield, and, and Brett did not like Elijah as much as I did. Uh, one of his issues was like the size, the small catch radius, and he was like, "Well, he, I think he needs a very accurate quarterback." And I'm like, "All right, well, what what happens if he goes to Green Bay? Because Green Bay was picking you know 30th or 29th, and he was supposed to go late first. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, if he gets Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So uh, I'm going to hold on to that." That would be that would be oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. All right, but yeah, let's let's keep it moving. Three years, yeah, three years later, uh, that'd be incredible for me to get Rogers. Uh, let, we got to talk about our boy Gino. All the haters wrote him off, and he just didn't write back. Now the boy's writing huge checks. Good for Gino, man. Uh, journeyman quarterback never really got a second shot after his failed attempt with the Jets. Um, good for him. Uh, I I think Scott, all Seattle guys are a little undervalued right now. I think DK Metcalf's like the one guy you could point out and be like, okay, that's fair. Wide receiver 13, 14 ADP for him. I think Ken Walker is massively, like as much as a third round pick can be massively underranked. I have him like eight spots ahead of ADP. I've also got Tyler Lockett ahead of, uh, ahead of ADP. Again, I mean, every single year, you can just be like, okay, Tyler Lockett's like a round and a half undervalued. Like you can wait on him for the sixth, you know, sixth year in a row, get him in the sixth round this year. Um, I... I think people are still holding on to their their biases with Gino. Like, sure, maybe he regresses a little bit. We already saw that in the back half of last season. If you look at some of his efficiency numbers, he started, you know, the first seven, eight games of the season just red hot, like top two, top three in EPA, top two, top three in accuracy. You know, the season, you know, top 10, top 11, and all those stats. But, uh, you know, I think people are going to bake in some regression, and I think they're already baking it in too far for all these guys. Let's also not forget, I mean, Seattle still, like, you know, their defense played well last year, but they still gave up a ton of points, ton of yards. I, I don't think this defense is going to be one that's going to suddenly turn around. I think Seattle is still going to be a really fun shootout team. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on Gino and, and your thoughts on Metcalf, Walker, and, and Lockett and all these guys? Uh, I don't know that I have any strong thoughts. I, 
I think I think just collectively fantasy drafters are worried about Geno Smith turning back into a pumpkin, which, okay, granted. Um, I, I will say the 80p gap between Lockett and Metcalf doesn't make any sense, just like it never made any sense yeah. last year. It's once and again. probably uh, every single year, Tyler Lockett is underrated, especially in best ball leagues. Um, actually, although interestingly, with Geno Smith, he was a lot more consistent and uh, sort of low volatility. Kenneth Walker, I, I kind of disagree with you, uh, okay. just because I, I do think Pete Carroll is a – uh, a two RB guy. I think uh, they probably try and bring Rashad Penny back or they'll make a run at a Kareem Hunt or they'll draft a, uh, uh, someone in round two. That just seems like what Pete Carroll does. But it, if there's no major moves after free agency in the draft, uh, I'm with you. Like uh, I'd be super excited to draft him. Yeah. They, they do need depth. Uh, obviously, they can't count on Penny coming off another catastrophic injury. He's got a really bad ankle injury. Um, Edwin Porras, our guy, was talking about, you know, obviously some he could have some ligament damage in there. So they're certainly going to be going after another guy. But I, I view him right now as he's like one of the very few guys you can count on to get like an 80% snap share if they don't you know, draft somebody or spend, uh, spend any capital on it. Um, so I, I'm kind of getting – a little aggressive on, on Walker and early best ball right now, just, just because I think he's going to shoot up an ADP if they don't go after uh, another back. Uh, Calvin Ridley, one of us, he's back. Wrote a great article in the Players' Tribune kind of explaining his backstory and explaining the whole situation. Uh, fantastic read. If you guys haven't checked it out already, just just Google Calvin Ridley, Players' uh, Players Tribune. Great article. Uh, but he is now a Jacksonville Jaguar officially. He is one of us, one of, he's a Duval native, um, Scott, man, I, I am like over the moon with, with Trevor Lawrence and what we saw in the last 12 weeks of the season, pretty much everything we wanted from him as a first round pick, everything we, we thought we were getting, um, out of Clemson we got, and now he's got Calvin freaking Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, who proved himself, Evan Ingram's back on the franchise tag. Jags still have a little bit of cap space. They've got to maneuver here. I think they're going to probably try to go after some offensive line help, but it like wheels up on this Jags offense. Uh, but Scott, I got to say, man, like it is, it is pretty hard. Calvin Ridley, man, he's a fourth round pick in early underdog drafts. It's, it feels like we skipped the part where Ridley got like summer hype. He started like as a sixth round pick and then he gets hyped into like the fifth and he gets hyped into the fourth. And it feels like we skipped all of that and just went straight to Calvin Ridley being in the fourth round. Um, what are your thoughts on, on him and, and this offense? Uh, because I mean, it's, it's hard not to get excited right now. Yeah. So I was kind of, uh, Calvin Ridley is being overrated, uh, because, you know, Christian Kirk was kind of awesome last year and Trevor Lawrence and his wife are double dating with Christian Kirk and his wife. It's all over Instagram. Uh, they're bringing back Evan Ingram, um, and Calvin Ridley, who is Calvin Ridley? Uh, okay, he had that one big 2020, um, but he's going to be 29 years old. In 2021, he did nothing, and he just disappeared. He went rogue for the rest of the season, and then he was suspended a whole year. So you get, I don't know, the NFL equivalent to ring rust. But then I read that article, and, like, man, that got me hyped. He was like, yeah, I, got, I gained 1,400 yards with a broken foot. I'm, I, you know I'm going to go crazy with Trevor Lawrence. 
And I'm thinking about Trevor Lawrence. Like, I'm not going to have any exposure to Trevor Lawrence just because, you know, me, I don't draft Konami code quarterbacks as early as Trevor Lawrence is going. But this is supposed to be Andrew Luck 2.0. He really looked exactly like Andrew Luck 2.0 in the second half of last year. Maybe Joe Burrow uh, and his his, uh, sophomore season second half that was historically great. Uh, And I'm thinking about uh, sophomore, uh, junior year, Andrew Luck, who went from 3,800 passing yards to 4,800, 23 passing touchdowns to 40 passing touchdowns. And that seems possible. That seems plausible to me. I think I think Lawrence is going to be one of those guys where wherever he's ranked, I'm going to be like, by ADP, that makes sense to me. Uh, I'm not going to draft him there, but, but that's a fair ranking. And then Calvin Ridley, probably sort of the same thing. I don't see myself having a lot of exposure, but, uh, you know, fourth, fifth round, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Lawrence is tricky because he's going QB6, QB7 by ADP right now. And like you said, he doesn't have that rushing upside. So you're kind of drafting him near his ceiling. I always go back to his Clemson days, man. I still remember him running past guys in college. Right. Like he can do it. He is that level of athlete. It just comes down to like, does Doug Peterson want to risk his franchise quarterback running in week three of the regular season? It's like, probably not. So I, I'm with you. I, I think Lawrence is appropriately priced, but I'm probably not going to have a ton. I will get pretty aggressive on Ridley and Kirk, though, because I want pieces of this offense for all the reasons you just outlined. I think we're going to see Lawrence take an even bigger step this offseason. AFC South is trash. Jags defense is still not very good. I mean, their front four is awesome. They've got a great pass rush, but they've got to figure out the secondary. They just released Shaq Griffin the other day. Uh, I think their defense is going to give up points, uh, a ton of points again this coming season. Uh, they've got a long way to go to rebuild that defense. So all in on Jags, pass catchers. And obviously an underdog, you know, uh, if you do draft Calvin Ridley round four, Christian Kirk round five, whatever you do, uh, Lawrence is an easy stack. Like that's that's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe he is going a little too high by ADP, but just like draft efficiently, draft for upside and get Trevor Lawrence if you're in on uh, Jags receivers early. Um, Scott, I got to do it too. We got to talk some Giants because you and I haven't even talked about this whole Daniel Jones situation. Um, I'll just let, I'll just leave it to you. Like, what do you think of this new deal, and what do you think about this quarterback market as a whole? Like, where are we going from here? Are we going to see like Jared Goff get like forty five mil in his upcoming? Oh god! Like, it's going to be he's going to get forty five mil a year, dude. No, 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 no. I he I it, that's the counter to the Lamar Jackson thing is like just looking at Geno's contract, looking at Daniel Jones' contract. I haven't dug into the details, but I really hope it's just you know. Not a lot guaranteed, very, you know, uh, heavy on one year, basically like a one year deal kind of thing. Or, I or think Daniel Jones' deal. To... Yeah, I think Jones' deal. I was reading um, the guy who runs over the cap. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, but he was saying basically it's all the money is in the next two years and they can kind of get out from it from a, uh, in 2025. It's just they're giving him a shit ton of, it's like close to like 80 million dollars the next two years it's insane that's a lot for Daniel. that's uh, a lot of cheddar for yeah Daniel Jones, yeah, man. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so as a giants fan this is all like so i hate it but like last year was so 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 weird for me i'm like okay i i really like the coaching hire uh but they have a bottom five roster i don't expect them to do anything but luckily hopefully you know, we'll be staring at a top five pick. We'll get a CJ Stroud. We'll get an Anthony Richardson. And uh, no, they went to the playoffs. They they won a playoff game. 
all my Giants fan friends, you know, gave me so much shit because I said this team wasn't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> They're not a good team. They don't have a good roster. And so where are they now? They're, they're picking at what? Pick 22. They're not going to get a quarterback. And like the worst thing you can be as a franchise is like stuck in mediocrity hell, which is where they've, they've been for a long time. Just not quite good enough to get uh, a, a franchise changing quarterback um, or not quite bad enough and not quite good enough to do anything substantial. And so uh, I just worried, yeah, they're going to be stuck here for a long time. The, the you know, uh, rose-colored glasses thing is, I mean, Daniel Jones did play really well last year. And Brian Dable was the guy who maybe turned Josh Allen into Josh Allen. Maybe just another year in this Brian Dable offense, uh, we could see Daniel Jones looking uh no, not elite, but yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, he from a fantasy perspective. I mean, like, there's dude, not many quarterbacks I, I'm more excited about than. I know, and that's that's the thing is like that's why I'm trying to square away is like the contract is, I, it just, I, it's wild. But for fantasy, man, I mean, he was he was awesome last year, and especially, you know, we're only playing best ball at this time of year. I mean, he had some some absolutely killer spike games and for our you know for for you and i scott i mean on dfs i feel like we nailed him a couple of times this year like his spike games were were pretty predictable um yeah man he's somebody i'm gonna definitely be on uh i was in on cheap giants last year unfortunately i ended up with cheap kenny galladay uh a lot of it <laughs> that didn't work out super great but i did i did end up on a lot of barkley in big spots I, I think i'm gonna be back in on giants too and i don't think daniel jones is ever gonna get to a point in adp where like it's it's there's not probably gonna be a price where i'm out at you know what i mean like um qb 11 last year he was dude he averaged the same amount of fantasy points per game as Kyler Murray. I mean, and Kyler yeah. was a fifth, sixth round pick, and I was in on Kyler last year. Uh, so Daniel Jones one of, was one of the true uh, late round quarterbacks last year that smashed, and you know he's a mid round guy this year, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Scott, let's close it out here with a little more quarterback talk, but we'll switch gears and let's talk about Anthony Richardson. Let's talk about this draft class. I mean, Richardson just posted some of the most insane quarterback combine numbers we've ever seen. You can speak more to it. I mean, just just insane levels of burst with the the vertical jump, uh, amazing speed. He has gotten steamed in ter just terms of NFL draft props. Which, let's face it, NFL draft props is the only reason uh, we're, we're grinding the NFL draft here. Um, you know, he's he's gone from plus, you know, basically plus five hundred uh, to start the combine to now like plus one seventy five in some spots. What do you think of this Richardson team? What do you think about this quarterback class as a whole? Because I think we're going to see these guys get pushed way up the board in a way that, you know, a couple of years ago, like Justin Herbert and Tua, some of these guys we had questions on didn't get pushed up the board. I think Levis and Richardson, I think they're going to go pretty early. Yeah, Richardson is an all-time freak. He's the most athletic quarterback of all time. If he were a tight end, he'd be the second most athletic tight end of all time between Vernon Davis and Kyle Pitts. Uh, he would be a top 10 wide receiver ahead of Chase Claypool. This is all according to Spork score, uh, my proprietary athleticism score. Uh, and yeah, so he's just uh, an all-time freak uh, in the best way possible for fantasy. Uh, he has the second best speed score ever. 
Uh, here's the here's the list. It goes RG3, 1, Anthony Richardson, 2, Michael Vick, 3, Justin Fields, 4, Cam Newton, 5. Uh, clearly, that's a predictive stat for fantasy, and it is because, as we know, rushing is a massive cheat code for fantasy. Uh, 100 rushing yards equals 250 passing yards, um, and also a rushing touchdown is 1.5 times as valuable as a passing touchdown. And so it's the same thing as with Justin Fields, who I was all over last year. It's like, yeah, his, he has the worst offensive line in football. He has the worst receiving core in football. He struggles to read defenses, and he's not very accurate. None of that matters if he runs enough. And he has an elite speed score. And so that's the same thing with Anthony Richardson. If he is on the field, nothing else matters so long as he's running enough. And given his freakish athleticism, I am sure he is going to be running enough. Um, so, yeah, Superflex 102, very in play there. He might not be my 102, but very in play. Um, what latest he should go is 104. Um, he is my QB1. Uh, he, from an NFL perspective, you can make a case for him as high as QB1. Uh, yep. Here's my hot take, Graham. I, I, I refuse to give like NFL quarterback takes because I just don't know. I've tried to build a model and I can't get like an accurate enough model that doesn't have Will Greer as like an elite quarterback. So I just like throw my hands up and say, I don't know. But I, I think, I think Bryce Young 101 is not a lot. I like, that's just something I've been playing over yeah. in my head. I think the height and the weight is a real issue. I used to go the opposite way. I, I caped up for Baker Mayfield once upon a time and said the height thing isn't an issue. I think it is because just look at the quarterbacks who have succeeded uh, six six foot flat or less, or better yet, sub six foot. Bryce Young is five ten. The list is Doug Flutie, who by the way, like spent like ten years in the uh, Canadian Football League. I, I don't really know that he's a massive hit. And then there's Kyler Murray. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, who's an inch taller and like 20 pounds heavier than, than Bryce yeah. Young. And what those two guys had going for them is elite athleticism. They were uh, hypermobile. They picked up a lot of rushing yards. Their escapability, maneuverability in the pocket was elite. And so, yeah, being short means you have vision issues. Even if you live in shotgun all day and only draw, uh, do five to seven step dropbacks, you're still going to have – you're not going to see the field as clearly as Mike Glennon with his draft neck. It's just a, a matter of fact. And so the way these other quarterbacks got around it was, you know, the, the freakish athleticism. Kyler Murray, to me, his legs are more impressive than Lamar Jackson's. The dude just teleports around the field. And I don't think Bryce Young has that. So he doesn't have that compensatory skill I think, and that just worries me. And then you talk about the weight. Kyler Murray can't stay healthy. Kyler Murray declines in the second half every single year. Tua Tagovailoa, look at his injury issues. And then Aaron Donald. I mean, he, he sure, sure, Bryce Young was 203 pounds at weigh-in, but it's fake weight. He was chugging a gallon of milk every day and maybe five gallons prior to weigh-ins. He, he was playing at 185 last year. We know that as a fact. And Aaron Donald can curl 185 for 15 reps. Aaron Donald can shot put that weight for, for 15 feet. So uh, he can rip Bryce Young in half. So that is just, 
I, I would want to make, make some bets today that Bryce Young does not go 101. I would want to make some bets. Well, maybe not anymore, but a couple of weeks ago, Brad and I were saying uh, Anthony Richardson 101 bets, uh, but it's yeah. probably too late for that now. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, he was 50 to 1. Um, when we when I first started looking at draft props, 50 to 1 late February. Uh, I think I said at the top, he's now 170 plus 175 plus 125. I mean, you're getting almost even money on him. Um, I'm with you on Young, by the way. Legitimate concerns. I, I think everyone wanted to make the Russ comp when he when this whole process started on Twitter, and it's like, yeah, Russ is thick though. Like, you know, he's he's not tiny. Um, I, I think this this quarterback class is all in the eye of the beholder, um, and you know, we're gonna see. I like C.J. Stroud. I I think I like yeah. C.J. Stroud more than Bryce Young. I, I I fall in love with these like super accurate quarterbacks. And I know there's more to playing the position, but like to me, kind of they're, they're like Gardner Minshew is freakishly uh, accurate, like really high accuracy quarterback. Uh, and sure, he's he's not he maybe starter quality, but uh, I think I like CJ Stroud more than Bryce Young. I think that's my, it's going to be one of my hot takes this year. Yeah. Uh, you're but again, I don't know anything about quarterbacks. So yeah. I mean, you're, you're the only person I've heard say that, but I don't think it's that strong of a take. I mean, Stroud is routinely, um, I shouldn't say strong. I think it's a strong take. It's not that hot of a take. Um, because, I mean, I've seen Stroud, Lance Erlein just posted a mock the other day. I mean, Stroud going three, Young going two to the Texans, um, Anthony Richardson going four to the Colts. I mean, we're, I think we're going to see, I don't know the order, but we're going to see those three guys go in the top five top six and i don't think any of them are going to slide past detroit at six if detroit even sticks at six so yeah man awesome quarterback class uh awesome podcast great to be back with you uh scott and i are going to be back on mondays we're going to get on a normal routine you'll see our mugs on monday we'll be up on youtube we'll be up on itunes spotify so wherever you get your podcast come and hang with us we'll be up monday mornings uh probably or yeah monday afternoon something like that uh scott Good to be back with you, man. Uh, next week, it'll be free agency week. So we will be hopefully talking through some news. We'll get this weekend, previewing free agency, dream scenarios, dream picks, dream landing spots. We'll get to it all. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. For Scott, I'm Graham. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Welcome to Fantasy Points Radio. We bring to you Barfield and Barrett. All of these parents say hella embarrassed Like why did they error with all of these errors And Buffett and Barry, you cannot compare it The kings of this era, there should be a tariff on All of this knowledge, I follow regardless And straight to the point like a crow Popping and coming, it's losing my oxygen takes that they got made me go Whoa, so what's a swamp rat gotta do? I'm chasing all of this cheese Even if my competition grew Deuces to the mean, your boy is never regressing Off season through the season 365, 247 And it's one for the money Two bars on the show Stay ready, swamp rats, let's go It's the fantasy points, ain't no raggedy joint They mad at me scoring points, but then they glad that they joined One for the money, two bars on the show The boys stay ready, swamp rats, let's go It's the fantasy points, ain't no raggedy joint They mad at me scoring points, but then they